Hello, shippers, and welcome to season four, the opening episode. <laughs> Today we have on very special guests, and we are talking about the many variations of Spider-Man and his lady. Do we ship it, or who do we ship most? Listen to find out. Hi all, I'm Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to season four of the We Ship It podcast, where Steph and I and our occasional guests gab about our favorite and not-so-favorite ships of all time. Yep, and today, not only do we have awesome, 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 awesome discussions planned for you all, talking about Spider-Man and Gwen and or MJ, but we also have some special guests from Kiwi and the Bird podcast. So welcome, Kiwi and the Bird! Hello, guys. We're so excited to be here. We feel like we're talking to celebrities right now. Yeah, we love it. We oh, too, too much. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. <laughs> we love you guys. Okay, good stuff. Um, so, Devin, would you mind introducing them for us all? Absolutely. So, uh, so Kiwi and the Bird is hosted by Taylor the Bird Michelle and Kimi Kiwi Akamura will introduce readers to a myriad of YA books. Um, Taylor Michelle is an aspiring author with a secret love for romance and cracking whodunits. And Kimi Akamura is a Froyo and Harry Potter lover who works at their local library. Um, their awesome. reviews are filled with humor, sound effects, and existential crises. So why not listen to these guys? Uh, <laughs> uh, because, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh happens. Guys, a lot of shh happens, that let me tell you. A lot of, of shh You don't even know. <laughs> we are full of shh. And you, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is literally my favorite. Did you come up with that? I think. You're so, like, was it? I, I think, think there was, was like a, Google and puns and book yeah, puns. Yeah, there was a lot of pun <laughs> research for that one. And we read That's that perfect. and we were like, you know what? We feel like that fits us. And is that, that a good thing for that to fit us? But it felt we right. Are. <laughs> that is literally perfection. Um, and then if you guys want at the end, um, feel free to give any announcements for upcoming stuff for your podcast too. I know that our listeners would love to listen for and sure. learn more about oh, you guys. Oh, thank you. Um, so we'll give you some space there to talk about your podcast. But for right now, super exciting. Um, not only excited to have you guys on, but before we get to talking, I wanted to talk a little bit about each of our relationships. I want to mm -hmm. talk about the summaries. I'm going to try to go really fast on this. Um, and before we hop into those, I just want to give our classical spoiler alert because at this podcast, we are not afraid of spoilers whatsoever. We're going to be talking about them all. Um, <laughs> Watch out, world. Okay. <laughs> yeah, especially because No Way Home came out, what, fairly recently, and people are still talking about it. So, yeah. yes, you're going to hear spoilers. released in theaters in December, and it was only just now released, what, For streaming, a couple days ago? On uh, yeah. digital demand. What do, what do they call it? That thing. Streaming? You know? Streaming. <laughs> streaming services. I can't remember. I'm just like, digital awesome. demand. <laughs> yeah. Devin's going back to Netflix when they send you DVDs in the mail right exactly. now. The good old red boxes. <laughs> old school. Remember. That's incredible. Um, okay, so here's my semi-summary things for each of these relationships. Uh, first, I want to talk about the Tobey Maguire series. What we grew up mm -hmm. on, you know what I mean? Um, so, 
Peter Parker and Mary Jane from the Tobey Maguire series is a pretty complex relationship, actually. After I was like digging into it a little bit more, I was like, whoa, there's a lot here. Um, so if I'm going to miss something, Devin, just hop in. But Peter Parker is a bit of a nerd in high school, although definitely the actors were not in high school. I don't know what was happening. But. <laughs> and I was like, why do I look like but, that in high school? I look like I'm 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like, I looked like I was 12. But <clears throat> essentially, he was a bit of a nerd, and he has a crush on MJ. Um, but however, she's the popular girl who like dates the high school bully, of course. Um, so after Peter gets bit by a radio- radioactive spider and becomes Spider-Man, there are kind of multiple occasions where he's thrown into the mix, and MJ's there, and he has to save her life. Um, so this this is what kind of, you know, brings them together from the beginning. Um, and she starts to fall for Spider-Man, not knowing that that is Peter Parker in front of her. Um, his feelings become way more apparent to her. And eventually, after a bunch of back and forths where it's like, does she get that he's Spider-Man? Like, she better <laughs> get that he's Spider-Man at this point. Um all of that back and forth, and eventually an epic kiss, she finds out and tells him that she loves him. Yay. Um, and of course of course of course in 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 all Spider-Man in the way that Spider-Man handles this every time basically he pushes her away for safety reasons. Quote unquote. Uh, then they go back and forth pushing each other away. This is a very this is where it gets complex, right? One of them is pushing the other away at any given time. Um, and she even breaks up with him at some point in the third movie. Consistent. Uh, when he becomes matchup. a bit of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but the scene where he's like dancing weirdly in the third movie. <laughs> oh, gosh. You mean the best That's scene symbiotic. ever. Oh, the second Yikes. hand it is, it's, it's so real. <laughs> It's rough because I feel like I'm that person sometimes when I dance. And so I'm like, I get you, Peter Parker. I mean, I got I got that snap too, you know? That's awesome. Literally the weirdest emo Peter Parker is like the weirdest thing ever. But we're we're just the, not the even gonna bangs, go there right now. You know, that shows the um, real in- change. <laughs> I think I had the same bangs that he had in high school. It was bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. But either way, okay, so um, whatever. In the end, the two kind of do reconcile, um, but it's unclear if they ever rekindle their relationship. In Spider-Man No Way Home, though, we get that incredible moment where all three Spider-Mans come together, and um, he kind of relays that the strain in their relationship lasted. Um, So the other versions of Spider-Man in other universes get to hear that as well. Um, So that's kind of where we leave Peter Parker and MJ from the Tobey Maguire series. Now, on to The Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man. That was just one summary. (laughs) That was just (laughs) beautifully done. (laughs) Yes. um, The the, the Amazing Spider-Man, which I really enjoyed, actually. Um, This is Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy, um, and that's the Andrew Garfield series. So... This is a bit of a different take as Gwen is kind of part of the lab that created the radioactive spider. She's an intellectual. She's not like the popular girl in high school who's like whatever. Um, She's not just the pretty girl next door, but kind of also a badass and super smart. Uh, And she and Peter fall in love over the course of the series. Um, At one point, her dad, an NYPD cop, asks Peter not to make her unsafe by being with her, um, tells her, you know, get out of this girl's life. And Peter agrees, uh, but it doesn't really keep them apart. You know, 
Peter Parker's always trying to keep this girl safe. It never works. He should just stop. Um, and in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, she helps him defeat the villains because, like I said, she's not just the pretty girl next door. She's awesome. And in the end, she decides to go to England for school. I think it's Oxford that she gets into. Mm-hmm. Um, and just after he agrees to go with her, Electro turns out the power in the whole city. Now, this is a heartbreaking thing. You all know. Um, She helps him win the battle. And in the end, she falls from the building and he tries to save her. And I think I was just reading about this. It's decided that it whether or not it's the web itself and like the impact of that that breaks her neck or whether or not it's that and then she hits her head. She tragically dies. Uh, and so that know. just tears him apart, right? And we learn even more about this when he comes into No Way Home and he's explaining to the other two Spider-Man variations, you know, this Gwen my was MJ my MJ. Died. <laughs> Gwen was my oh, MJ. Saddest part. It's gonna make me cry again. I know. I know. <laughs> and you just you can tell that like he he has a lot of guilt from it. Yeah. But for we'll sure. we'll talk about it. We'll talk about <laughs> even it. Even years later. Uh, Yes, hopping into the Tom Holland years, which was only two years after The Amazing Spider-Man or something like that, which is really kind of sad for Andrew Garfield, but no commentary here. Uh, Peter Parker and Michelle Jones Watson, who is known as MJ, um, they're in class together in high school. Seems much more realistic high school at this point. Um And she's kind of the girl that's, like, making fun of him. At first, I think he likes someone else named Liz. Mm -hmm. um, And the two kind of become friends for a good portion of the series. That's It's really a different take than we get in the other two. It's not just like, ooh, love at first sight. It's kind of something that, like, builds from their friendship. Uh, Eventually, though, they go on a trip to Europe. And his his feelings kind of blossom. Um, and so he wants to tell her his feelings. Eventually, he tells her that he is Spider-Man. And she reveals that she already knew. So in <laughs> Michelle Jones fashion, she already knew. She's um, like, then Peter, the world get in the know. That- I know that you're Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, dude, I've known since the moment I met you. But um, then the world kind of finds out and he's exposed that he's Spider-Man. And there's a whole bunch of Marvel stuff that happens that... The timeline gets a little wonky in my head. But at the same time, they find out that he's Spider-Man. Um, and it kind of messes with their relationship because because she's friends with him. She gets denied from colleges. A bunch of things happen. It's just not good. Um, in the end, and this is so sad too, uh, a spell is cast where, where, wait, oh, everyone who knows that he is Spider-Man forgets him. And right before that moment is when she kisses him. And it's just like this. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm like talking about it as we go. But um, essentially, that is our extremely long summary yes. of the three. Thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> if you're yeah. listening, that was if a lot. If you made it this far. But again, hopefully... we are going through three different couples. But yeah. ultimately, one... Um, one couple like the mj and <laughs> the peter parker <laughs> yeah yes you know yeah so let's let's duke it out um okay you guys i'm gonna start with the first question here let's we're gonna start it. with toby Maguire series because that only makes sense um in the Maguire spider-man trilogy audience members are presented with the classic next door neighbor crush so what are your thoughts on this trope and how does this relationship develop over the course of the three films 
Well, honestly, I feel like the whole, you know, next door neighbor crush thing is only really present in the first film. And then afterwards, right. it's yep. just kind of like, you know, they're friends and it's kind of very tumult. Their relationship is very tumultuous, right? It's just kind of like mm-hmm. a lot of back and yeah. forth. I'm actually a really big fan of like the boy next door, the girl next door trope. I love it. <laughs> like I'm all for it. Um, I didn't actually love it in this situation though. Like I felt like it was a little bit stalkerish. <laughs> He's just always standing there. It's like, hey, MJ, I love you. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Little it's kind of like it's kind of like a Great Gatsby vibes of like, yeah, <laughs> across the across the by lake. the house across the lake binoculars. <laughs> it's like, it's I like I right. you. Um, yeah, <laughs> I generally like the uh, next door neighborhood trope. It's kind of like childhood friends to lovers kind of trope for me. Where it's kind of that right. deeper bond, you get a secret peek into another person's life that you wouldn't otherwise. And so you kind of have that deeper connection and intimacy going into the relationship. But like Amy said, I don't think we get like too deep of a view into it in the first movie. I think we do see that MJ kind of has a rough home life. And that, right. yeah. that kind of creates sympathy for her character. But I think mm-hmm. it quickly kind of transitions more into adulthood and college life and keeping connections, even though you're in a completely different place in life and yeah, kind absolutely. of fighting for that romance there. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I'm actually a really big fan of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a fun growth to experience as an audience member. I don't, I don't know if I would like participating in this trope, yeah. but like, I think it's cool as an audience member to see it, Uh, take place so um, we get to see them as strange acquaintances who take out the trash together and who glamorously catch catches the other in the lunchroom and perfectly stacks up their meal like they have these (laughs) random moments that's just like oh that's cute um and slowly they become this on again off again couple who are distraught with a love triangle with harry and the choices of responsibility and being a superhero Mm -hmm. um but as an odds member, you get pulled into the drama of the relationship, um, mm-hmm. the almost kisses and the yearning to tell the girl the truth about fearing for her life all at the same time. Like there's a lot of different elements involved yep. um, that this all stemmed from this uh, small, oh, hi <laughs> moments. <laughs> Watching uh, you, but not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not creepy. I I'm pr- very I think friendly. there's even a scene where he's I'm like looking out his, like, uh, his window and... Uh, peering through the the blinds in a sense. Um, yeah. However, I could see how this trope um, could be too drawn out for some people. Uh, it could be too much of a slow burn um, and also be too overly dramatic uh, where they just don't want the extra drama. They just want the actual relationship itself. I, I'm sorry, Devin. I know I can't respond to this one very much. Do but it. I... I've never, like, had a love or hatred for this trope. I think it's mm-hmm. just something that is so, it's so overdone that I, I'm not bored by it quite because you get a different dynamic depending on the relationship. Sure. It's not always the same. Absolutely. But I I don't know. I see it a lot. And what comes to mind immediately thinking of this is Taylor Swift's song. What is that you song with me. that she sings? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> that music video. <laughs> Immediately that song comes to mind and I'm just like I guess I'm going to be honest with you guys from the beginning I don't really like Tobey Maguire like I like the series but I think he's a little bit weird and like maybe just as as an actor that's a really controversial opinion but so 
like you said, I think he comes across as a little bit creepy. And so this trope is a little bit like, I don't know, I don't know if I want him to live next door to her. Like, you know what I mean? But sorry, I know. But either way, I just need to comment about Taylor Swift because you got to drop that you name. always got to drop the T-Swizzle. T-Swift. T-Swizzle. I love it. All right. Diving into number two. So let's talk about the iconic upside down kiss what are your thoughts here and how could it be a problem that mj falls for spider-man first instead of peter let me tell you i do think the upside down kiss is pretty iconic i don't know i feel like the build-up to it the mystery the who's the man behind the mask and it's just so the even <laughs> just even the mechanics behind an upside down kiss i don't know how it works but it's one of the most yeah, impressive props Spider-Man to them. <laughs> props to them <laughs> Yep. I'm like, who cares that he battles Green Goblin? He kissed upside down. That is impressive. <laughs> um, I do think that it is hard that I do feel like MJ falls in love with Spider-Man first. Kind of like mm-hmm. with this glorious hero archetype. And so afterward, it seems like she kind of has this idea of perfection with Peter, where he has this one side of him who does no wrong, who's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But then this other side is kind of quirky and awkward and can't really live up to that heroish perception Mm -hmm. and so i think in her mind it kind of becomes two different people when it should be one he's both people he's not just one person and then another person this is all peter parker but i think that in mj's mind it's just too divided it's too much of he can't be both sorry he can't be one he's both fair enough yeah I actually, I don't love the the iconic upside down kiss. I oh my I don't, gosh! <laughs> but I mean, I first watched the original trilogy well into my teens. Like I didn't like grow up watching it, um, and so mm-hmm. as a teen, I was just wondering like how this was working. Like how are you breathing? Like his What's chin is in the next It was just. It's what? raining. Is he getting waterboarded out yes. there in the mask? <laughs> He's down. It's like the blood rushing so to his head. True. Is he going to be okay? Like, there was just, I was just too, I was thinking about the logistics way too much to actually like appreciate like yeah. the actual moment. But you know, that's just The me. art of it. Um, <laughs> that is so funny. But with MJ, I feel like my biggest problem with her is that she's just very wishy-washy with her feelings. Because first, it's like, she likes Flash, and then she likes Harry, and then it's Spider-Man, and then it's kind of Peter, but it's also kind of not Peter. True. So, with her, like, falling for Spider-Man first, it's also just, like, she's just falling in love with, like, her... him saving her and not actually him. Yes. It's a saving complex. It's some weird thing where literally she like swoons every time he like picks her up or saves her from something. And then she's like, do I really like him? As she has time to think about it. It's like <laughs> After yes. the fact. The trauma bond. <laughs> it's for, it's yes. the whole damsel in distress complex. Yes. Right? It's that whole thing. And so just with that, it just she's just so wishy-washy with it. And I'm just like, just pick very true at one point you gotta know right (laughs) yeah no it bugs me so much that the two of them are so back and forth i think it's cheesy but as far as the upside down kiss goes all right i think that each one of these series has a perfect scene okay and for for the toby Maguire series i think this is the perfect spider-man scene i'm sorry to disappoint friend but <laughs> i i really do like it for as much as i do not like toby Maguire, i like this scene um 
What I think is problematic to me is kind of what you were saying is like, yeah, she falls in love with Spider-Man first, so Peter can never quite measure up. And so it's just like really unfortunate for him because I think that he really has a love for her, whereas I think she has this love for some idealized version of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, only when the mask is on, really. The mask and so the latex. That's, that's <laughs> right, right. And the fact that she doesn't really like his personality prior to finding out that he's Spider-Man. Like that scene, what, what, is it Aunt May's in the hospital or something? Um and then, or whatever, I'm sorry, I forget her name. I don't know the character's name, Devin. If, is that correct? Aunt May's in the hospital? Sure, yeah, I think so. Okay, because I don't know if it's always Aunt May in with, all like, of the, the three movies. movies. To kind of keep them apart, the three children. It does. But so the, she's in the hospital and she comes to visit and she's like, oh, what did you tell Spider-Man about me? And he gives her this like beautiful monologue about mm-hmm. how he's in love with her, basically. She's like, oh, you really told him that? <laughs> and he was like, Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I was sure. like, I guess. if you didn't you fall in love Toby with him so in that... Well. Yeah, I was just going to say, that was a, an amazing impersonation. Right? <laughs> Loved Thank it. Thank you. It's not so hard. You just got to act like a piece of cardboard. Really. Uh... <laughs> Devin, I'm sorry. My, my I'm spidey sorry, senses sorry. spelled that one. <laughs> oh, listen, you can fight back any time that you need to. Like, I I know that this is a controversial opinion. But basically, I need her, I needed her in that moment to say, well screw spider-man i like peter parker like he loves me but no she kind of she had to do some meshing before they had a real relationship which to me was a little problematic yeah i haven't you got anything to add add that when i was younger and i saw this kiss i was like okay where's my mj (laughs) yeah (laughs) how can i hang upside down and get this kiss (laughs) yep yep (laughs) Devin uh, starts trying to all, learn. It's all the different elements that are involved with that scene. It's the rain. It's the drama. It's the intensity. The upside down position. Like they, he just finished a fight. Uh, like so, it's a lot of that. Like built up. Um, I don't adrenaline. Like, adre- yeah, adrenaline. Like they have so much going on that they just meet. Like, can I kiss you? <laughs> um, but MJ falls, and I mean falls head over heels for this web slinger she develops this relationship with a, with this hero and then comes to the realization that the hero and her friend are one the same and i feel like she loves spider-man more than peter parker um kind of the same lines of what steph was going on her relationship with peter isn't as well developed as much of the time as they interact um versus his superhero ego kind of deal um right so I don't know. I feel like they have more scenes as Spider-Man and MJ versus MJ and Peter. Or yeah. or that those ones are a little bit more impactful and stronger in relationship building versus um, the normal Peter Parker. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to some discussion of Harry. Yeah, um, yeah. How about the best friend tension? Why are Peter and Harry pitted against each other? Should it really be over a girl? And what are your thoughts um, on their resolving it? Ooh. Well, I think, yes, like Harry and Peter are kind of like, kind of fight over MJ throughout the trilogy. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the love triangle, right? Like she's first with Harry. Yep. And then she falls for Spider-Man and then Peter. And then they're all kind of friends 
throughout the rest of the trilogy as it's well, which like didn't make sense to me. <laughs> it's more of a square than a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> that was always weird. Um, but I also did think that their tension kind of did start before MJ. It was kind of like yeah. Harry kind of thinking he's just like a little bit better than Peter, even without admitting it, you know? I think he just kind of like mm-hmm. subconsciously thought that. So with the whole, with their thing with MJ, I think that just kind of like brought that out. And, you know, the fact that he blames Spider-Man for killing his father, that also, you know, doesn't really help. Mm-hmm. It could be a point of contention, I guess. <laughs> Not really. You know, it's like, <laughs> rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to tell my best friend that I'm Spider-Man, except he, he blames but. me for his father. Ooh, that's that's a toughie. <laughs> that's a yeah. hard one to bring up. I'm gonna pass. Hard pass. <laughs> but I mean, it was sad, you know, in the in the last one when you know Harry decides to forgive Peter and kind of like rushes in to save him when he's fighting against Venom and Sandman. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he's he was deformed from his last fight with Peter. It was like. A moment he comes in just like right at the last moment and then but you know peter has to finish the fight and then he comes back yep. and just like dies in his arms yeah like can you catch oh, a break I like <laughs> uncle ben already happened <laughs> yeah uncle ben we've had like so many villains at this point poor peter is just having to deal with it <laughs> i mean he peter parker cannot catch a break nope for me i think with peter and harry i think they're disconnect runs deeper than just mj i think mj is more so like the physical personification of the slight break in their bond i think for a while now Mm -hmm. that harry's kind of felt inadequate compared to peter uh harry's dad seems to love peter more in his eyes he Mm -hmm. like he's never able to measure up to peter somehow and i think in his mind he's like this is ridiculous peter's just this normal awkward guy and yet somehow he's more loved and cherished and seen than i am and so I think with MJ, Harry's kind of more like MJ is something I can take. She's kind of the advantage I can get over Peter because Peter right. is not quite brave enough to kind of make that first move mm-hmm. uh, in the first movie. Yep. I get some real Harry Ron vibes from it. The whole I'm jealous of the chosen one type yes. thing. Gross. Oh my god. <laughs> Devin's mad that I bring up Harry Potter. Do it. Do it all the time, please. If you're using um, Harry Potter as a reference, you're never gonna go wrong. Never, ever. Yeah. Except that I try and use it in the classroom all the time because I teach freshmen and oh, no. they don't know <gasps> Harry Potter. They don't know? I'm, st- it's I'm sad. Oh my gosh, that is fifty points from Gryffindor. Straight up. I know, right? Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> I I cause that- cause usually you can reference Harry Potter and like everyone knows it. But for some reason, um I've been trying to do that and it just doesn't work. I'm gonna Anyways, say back to our original conversation. <laughs> <laughs> my soul broke a little um, bit hearing that. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Um so does it call for some drama as an audience member yes um but that's all it is just extra drama i feel i i I hate their falling out as friends over the fact that it's all over a girl right um why did they have to make mj the cornerstone of their relationship i feel like it not only devalues her but it also devalues their own friendship. Um, Mm -hmm. These guys have been friends for how long and to have there be 
have the crux that kind of like or the straw that breaks the camel's back in a sense being a girl just seems weird um i do enjoy the resolution though as you guys were already mentioning with um him having to sacrifice himself for peter and the touching moment between the three of them because really like he dies in peter's arms but like mj's there like um looming over this the situation as well and he like gives him the blessing to like um, and wishes like the, the circumstances were a little bit different. Um, I think it's a nice ending for Harry and he's dying as a hero in a sense after everything that he's kind of like, he's not always been the chosen son. He's not always been the best friend, but in this moment right now, he's going to die as a hero. And I think that's a really nice ending for him. I know not everyone really likes the third Spider-Man <laughs> movie, um, but I think it's a really good ending for Harry for sure. Moving on. So what are your thoughts on MJ's character development? Do you think she had a strong role in the series or was she merely a plot device? Oh, MJ, MJ. I do think... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's hard because I want to kind of say it in the nicest way, but I do think she was a plot device. Um, well, it's strange because I think she was a plot device, but we were talking about earlier before we started recording with you guys that... She was a lot of the emotional motivation for a lot of the characters in story in the story mm -hmm. Kimmy was saying earlier. Um, for Peter, for Harry. And I think for me, she just didn't feel important to the story. Like I felt like at any point she's, like you could kind of take her she's out. She's the lead character, but not important. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like her purpose isn't to be herself. Her purpose is to have a purpose for someone right. else. And so, yeah. and I also felt like she kind of always wanted Peter to be there for her, but that she wasn't always there yeah. for Peter. Like, uh, Peter right. was a lot of her emotional backup, and yet she kind of wasn't dishing it back. And and so because of that, I was like, so she's not really, like, super important. And then at the same time, she's not the greatest partner in a relationship. That combined, I was like, not a fan yeah. of you, MJ. In the original trilogy sorry but not a fan not a fan, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> i know i agree i think she kind of like going back to what devon said she was really just kind of there to create tension between peter and harry and she was just there for emotional motivation like she herself kind of like wasn't an actual character she was just kind of there just to propel other characters forward she was like the kidnappy mm -hmm. like the designated yes. kidnapped person <laughs> like you could literally switch throughout out. the entire arc of the series <laughs> <laughs> you could switch mj out for any other girl and the story would yes. still work yeah well the thing is like there's how many girls in new york city and it has to be MJ every <laughs> single time. At this point, I'm like, do the villains have a crush on MJ? And so they're like, hey, now right. I want to come to my secret <laughs> for a little. You know? <laughs> no, um, that's so, that's pretty much like what I was going to say too. Like, I think the way that you said it, calling her almost like the kidnap E is just sort of like, the best way and i hate to say that you know with my like feminist heart here i hate to just be like she was a plot device but ultimately in this story and i don't think it's the same with mj and holland series and we can talk about that a little bit more too um i just don't think we get as much character development from mj here the the main character development we get from her is that she starts to fall for peter yeah mm -hmm. that's the development whereas 
in the next two versions of Spider-Man, her development takes place going to Oxford or, you know, um, the other MJ also is like applying to colleges, like applying herself to things. I think in this series, and perhaps it's just that we don't know enough about her um, and her personal life. In in this particular series, yeah. she does feel very much like yeah. a catalyst. I know she has for a career, Peter. like she tries at a career in like acting, but like she fails, and then she gets like de- not depressed, but like you know, like when you fail, like it's yeah. all so. <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Um, yep. But my initial response was like wait she has character development (laughs) (laughs) i I did feel a little bit like that i was like wait is this kind of like a trick question where it's like Hmm, interesting (laughs) um so i know that it stems from her like we get that backstory of her and her abusive nature at home yes so it all stems from that and she feels the need to seek affection from whoever she can get it from and that's clearly like where the entire series gets it and she does but the thing is that she doesn't change um no she seeks out spider-man more and more and she she has a great heart and is affectionate toward many but in the majority of the movie she has little development besides being that girl that like you said that spider-man just has to rescue again and again and again um yeah she i think in that sense Devin. sorry to cut you off i'm just thinking to myself like in that sense, she kind of is the comic book girl character. Exactly. Like, and it's really she, sad to admit that. Mm-hmm. I think that the the Amazing Spider-Man and um, I don't even know what the Holland's trilogy is, so I'm just going to call it the Holland's MCU. trilogy. <laughs> yeah, the MCU. I think that those two actually are quite remarkable from other former um, mm-hmm. like superhero movies because I think that they all stem from this idea in the comic book that the guy saves the girl and he's the superhero. Um, so I think that she falls into this role a little bit in the original Spider-Man series, right. um, which is kind of sad, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably more like the times Sorry. back then. Okay. You know, it wasn't as common, I think, in that era to kind of mm-hmm. have more. I feel like it was on the rise to kind of have more independent yes. female characters. But at that point, and, it was a little bit more like. Ah, and in that sense, distress. like, I don't know. I don't know what MJ comic book is like. Comic book MJ is like. So I don't know if this is an accurate representation of her character. Like at the time or not. I have no idea, but. I think the only thing that I remember... Have you guys read any of the comic books? Actually, no. have or not. do you know anything no, about them? Nope. So I, I read very very little bit, and people who listen can let me know if I'm wrong. But some, <laughs> what, some of the most prominent character development on MJ's part was actually her fighting with Gwen Stacy over Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, it's like not like literally fighting, but like, you know what I mean? Like, just sort of like trying to win Spider-Man in that sense. And right. it's sort of like, um, and pe- let me know if I'm wrong, but that's what I was reading a little bit today about like... Like comic book Spider-Man in relationship to the movies, so I don't really think that we get too much development, Fair like enough. character development from her in the stories, which is it kind of sucks because she's she'd be a really cool character, yeah. So sure. as we see in the other two movies. Which moving on mm-hmm. to the Amazing Spider-Man, <laughs> what a great segue. Um, okay, so in the Amazing Spider-Man, how does Gwen act as the sidekick slash girlfriend? Unlike MJ in the previous series, how does this make her stronger or weaker as a character? I loved Gwen Stacy in the amazing in those movies because I love that she did have like a very active part in the story. Yep. Right, the whole right. thing with 
Peter Parker is that he goes to Midtown Tech, right? It's this like very science technological school. And the fact that they both attend there and the fact that they're both like, you know, kind of like scientists because, you know, Peter Parker's making his own web fluid. Gwen Stacy, right. you know, she has her internship at Oscorp. So she's obviously very intelligent. You know, Oscorp is a very fundamental kind of place. In organization. The organization <laughs> in the Spider-Man world, in the comics and everything. Mm-hmm. And so just with her and just her being able to do what she does, you know, her science background, you know, coming up mm-hmm. with serums and all of those things. Like the fact that she like actively goes into the fight and is like, no, I'm going to help you. You idiot. Right. <laughs> I know you can't do this you by yourself. Idiot. You have no hope. I yes. need to enter the fight. <laughs> yes, I, I really, really appreciated it. And I feel like that also just like added a bit more to their relationship as well because she wasn't just someone to save. You know, she was mm-hmm. she was more of an equal. Yeah, I think that Gwen wasn't a passive character. I think she was very active. And I like mm-hmm. what I most like about her I like actually that is that words. I feel like she challenges Spider-Man. She's not just there to say like, oh, you're so great. You're all so awesome. She's like, hey, be a symbol of hope. Be there for the people. Be someone who can stand up for others. And even in just their banter, like I feel like she surprises him and that she gives him a reason to fight, but not even just to fight for her, but to fight for a community, for his city, to help the world. And like Amy said, I love how she's like, nope, not going to let you do this by yourself. You need me. I'm going to make a serum. I'm going to, you know, charge into the fight. I'm going to hit Electro Man with my car. <laughs> you know, yes. I'm going to participate in any way that I can. And I love that about her because it was able to kind of give her more depth and more of a dynamic role. And she stuck out more to me. Like she was memorable. And I wanted to see. Yeah. I wanted to see more from her. Like I really believed in her character. Be more like her. Yeah. I also think that. Um, the relationship was just better because Gwen discovers that Peter is Spider-Man way sooner than MJ did in the previous trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that also just really helped the relationship, even though it did have you know yes. obstacles along the way, which we'll talk about, right. you know, like with her father's death and everything. Oof. But yep. it was just, you, and it just created this chemistry too between them that was just undeniable. And in the second movie too, sure. I think... Gwen, if I'm remembering right, I mean, there's like 84 movies in this head. Um, But I think Gwen says to Peter, like, I love you, Peter Parker, not Spider-Man. Like, you are who matters to me. Not the mask, not the heroism. You as a person Mm -hmm. is what's really the hero. Yep. Yeah, love it. Um, I think they the writers the director whatever they noticed what was missing and tried to create that character through gwen um i I definitely like the different take like even that it's not even an mj we get a gwen Mm -hmm. stacy we get a different perspective we get um a different character in general um and i i'll try and like not touch on the same pieces that you guys did like um the Oscorp and she makes the antidote and she, she even like gets puts herself into the danger to expose the antidote to the lizard and sort. Um, but MJ never had the smarts or the daring nature to be the sidekick quote unquote to Peter that Gwen does in this series. And MJ is sweet while Gwen is just spunky. 
uh, she has a lot of um, energy um, that MJ kind of not necessarily lacked, but just a different element um, to the character. Um, she takes chances even when those chances put her in the worst of situations and she's willing to um, be vulnerable not only in those dangerous situations, but also in her relationship with uh yeah. With Peter, she's willing to take chances, which I think is important. Yeah, I, I really like, I think Taylor said it, um, just the word active, that she's not a passive character, yeah. she's an active character. But not only is she an active character in being his sidekick, she's also an active girlfriend. And that is just such an important thing because I think MJ, and I'm not hating on MJ from the first series. <laughs> I just do want to say, like, she's also a high schooler, so th there's a lot of stuff that she dealt with, much love. But I, I think she had a lot of developing to do, whereas you see in Gwen, someone who's able to deal with the roller coaster of emotions that Spider-Man or Peter Parker throws at her. Um, and she's able to just like, when problems arise, still say, no, I'm going to stand by your side <laughs> through this, where I don't think that the passive MJ from Tobey Maguire series really had that strong of a relationship with him. Like, I just, I don't know if maybe it didn't develop. Like you were saying, it, she found out he was Spider-Man much earlier. So that might have been kind of why. Like, she was more developing a relationship with Peter and MJ was more developing a relationship with Spider-Man. So that might be why. But I do think that we see Gwen, like you're saying, a little bit more spunky and just more active in a sense, not only as a character, but as his partner. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was just a really important thing that I think makes her a really strong character in the end. Um, but yeah. And can I just say cool. that kiss? Well, both kisses. I was like, "Whoa, you guys got chemistry!" <laughs> oh, I love boy. This. Oh gosh. <laughs> Did we rewatch a few like, scenes? The... Maybe it was oh. purely for educational purposes. But uh... of course, no. <laughs> the, when he like grabs her with the spider web and like pulls her in, I'm like, "Yes, yes." Got to turn that back off. I was like, "I never thought but, spider um, webs no, that... would be sexy, but here we are." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Oh, it's so good. I just I think Andrew Garfield played is a really good Spider-Man. He's a little bit too old, but I think he plays a really good Spider-Man. I don't know what him. you guys think. Everyone I know. I really him. like him, though. He's kind of funny. I think that, like, what Tobey Maguire lacks a little bit is, like, the silly, like young spider-man commentary and even though andrew garfield isn't quite the young like perfect spider-man yeah. that tom holland is he gives you the commentary like the, the funny nature, yeah. commentary yeah that i think it's just really good for sure um we didn't talk about the the uh the people what what's the word they're not staff we didn't talk about the actors in this yet but maybe oh, yeah. we should at the end of this <laughs> ever, because i think the casting is really important. Oh, no, it's sure. so important. Oh, yeah. I think Andrew Garfield right. is actually much more believable as a New York teenager than Tobey Maguire was because he did have that sass. Yes. And he did have that wit. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to come right. up in your face. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if Spider-Man necessarily needed a skateboard or not, but... <laughs> I was wondering about the skateboard. But. I was like, that's an interesting take. <laughs> <laughs> but overall... Um, yeah, so let's continue then. We can always circle back at the end. With Sorry, a, with, I always no. bring up casting. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm glad. Um, but what are your thoughts on Peter's promise to Gwen's father? Should he have made the promise? Should he fall through with it after his death? 
this is Yikes. this is actually I feel like the hardest question. I've been debating it for so long in my head. Same. I mean, I can understand why the promise was made. Of course, his father is trying to protect his daughter. He can obviously see firsthand the danger that comes with being Spider-Man. I mean, he just got attacked by a lizard. Doesn't happen on your everyday basis, <laughs> you know. Like, definitely kind of a different prospective suitor for his daughter. Um, I think though with this promise, I kind of take the same stance I would with the other Spider-Mans where it's up to that person to make their own decisions about their own safety. You can decide if someone is worth, you know, like if they're worth kind of being in that danger, if they're worth it enough to you, if that person is someone who you've truly connected with, I think it is your own responsibility with great power comes great responsibility to decide who you (laughs) want in your life. And so I think it was kind of a hard burden for Gwen's father to leave Peter with kind of this, you know, haunting proclamation, like, don't ever get with my daughter, don't ever involve her. And so I do see why it is that point of contention in the second Amazing Spider-Man movie. And I'm actually, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would do in that situation. If I could kind of go against the promise, if I could follow it, I do love that Peter broke it because i love peter and gwen together so i, I appreciate that <laughs> right um, but at the same time i don't know if i myself could break that promise but it's that tension that you did. like to see someone else go through but not yourself. yeah yeah i'm like you guys do it but i'll be back here <laughs> the romantic bystander effect there <laughs> there you go yeah it's true um for me i think it's, it's a hard situation because, like, what are you going to do in that situation? You know, the father of the girl you love is dying in front of you. And this is his dying breath. Like, this is his <laughs> last request of you. It's like, how are you not going to at least try to keep that? Yeah, you can't be like, no, sir. I mean, you know, you, <laughs> you kind of have to follow hard. through with it. Sorry. Not, um, can't accept but I also this. think with this promise, both. Gwen's father and Peter are kind of taking Gwen's opinion out of the situation because it is kind of like, it is her life. Like it is her decision, like what she does with it, which I think she does mention in the second amazing Spider-Man where she's just kind of like, you know what? I appreciate that you want to protect me. And I, and I know that my father wanted you to as well, but I can make my own decisions. They kind of like, they kind of take her out of that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's very much like Jasmine and Aladdin. Where she's like, mm. where they're all like talking about her, and she's like, "I'm not a prize to be yeah, won," yeah, yeah. kind of thing. That that's the vibe I get from it. Is the Good lizard yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, the lizard. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, that's a great that's a great take. It's so hard. I mean, he like you said, he's dying. Like, what do you say? If if I guess if I were in Peter's situation, like I'd probably say something to the effect of, "I'll protect her." Like, I think it was. I think it was honestly wrong of him. A to very general this. answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even. I, I will generally. Not a yes or a no. Her. Just every. Just yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> I just think like, I think last wishes are really like. I think they're so important, and I think that him breaking it is a bigger deal than like we realize like mm-hmm. that's why i just don't think he should have made the promise to the begin with even yeah. if it was in a tough spot like i i just think it would have been more honest of him to like be honest with himself and this guy um and yeah 
But I, I understand, like, he's he's her dad. He wants to protect her. He's just like, stay away from my daughter. And how many times have we seen the protective father? I mean, Twilight, Bella Swan's dad, like, <laughs> pulls out the gun. the he's best like, version of the protective father. <laughs> he is, yes, he is. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I completely um, sympathize and empathize with the protective father. But you're right. Ultimately, it is Gwen's decision. And I'm sure that, like... She ultimately says that. She ultimately says this is sort of my decision. Um, and ultimately, like, I think that her dad brought her up to act independently in that way. So I mm -hmm. think as the circumstances changed, I don't think it was the wrong decision to break that promise. Personally, though, I think last wishes are a big deal. And that's why I don't think people should just willy-nilly say stuff to, like, make people feel at peace. I feel like it should be a very serious thing that's, like taken seriously but either way i struggled a lot with this question too <laughs> you're right about it being one of the hardest questions um but devin did you have anything else to add no i don't want to like repeat because kimmy like she kind of like read my mind as i was <laughs> yeah. like thinking about it <laughs> like it's literally his dying wish it's it's to give him peace and ultimately should he have made it no um but he did but he did so um in a sense should her father be holding, uh, have a say in holding her back from her happiness? I don't know. Um, it's a lot of trickiness involved. Yeah. It and, is. Uh, it is a lot of trickiness. But overall, trickiness. <laughs> I, I applaud. I applaud the two for a move like accepting that that was what her father wanted, but saying like, "This is what I want," and mm -hmm. I think he would want this for for me. Mm -hmm. beautifully said so. yeah. for sure cool yes okay so let's take a moment to, to talk about the tragic ending <laughs> uh, so what are your thoughts here um, what does this mean to Peter and how does Gwen's uh, recorded graduation speech inspire him to continue in his hearing of the spider in his carrying of the oh, spider-man mantle maybe that's Devin? what I meant to say <laughs> in his hearing of the his spider -Man honoring mantle. I don't know maybe I don't know it, what maybe the word I'm gonna repeat the last sentence <laughs> and how does Gwen recorded graduation speech inspire him to continue in his carrying on of the Spider-Man mantle. Oh gosh, that, that ending. Oh, that made me emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's so heavy. <laughs> I think with Gwen's graduation speech, at, kind of like in the beginning of the movie, they, they have a, a part of it where she's kind of talking about how we're not always going to have you know, great days are going to be dark days ahead. You know, we don't know what's always right. going to be there, right? And they have that that little cut, which is kind of like foreshadowing towards her death. It's basically mm -hmm. like, hey, by the way, she's going to die. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> <laughs> but just like in the end, you know, when they fought Electro, but then Green Goblin comes in. And it's just, I think it's even more tragic because Gwen doesn't die because a villain is like, yeah, I like... I'm going to kill what you love. It's more of a, like an accident. And just the fact that it was Peter trying to save Gwen that kind of, you know, mm -hmm. either broke her neck or like she hit her head kind of thing. And you really feel that. You feel like the loss of a loved one when Peter's like, Gwen, like, talk to me. Wake up. Like, you can't. Like, I was supposed to protect Stop. you. Oh, heart-wrenching. Absolutely heart-wrenching. And then he stops being Spider-Man, right? 
He's oh, talking Spider-Man for months, which, I mean, can you blame him? Like, that was rough. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, I think I'd retire indefinitely. I'd be like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> but, like, I think this at is the end, when the he cave. hears her, her speech, like, the rest of it, and how we need to have hope, you know, he loved and respected her enough to, like, know that she wouldn't want him to just waste away and just, you know, be standing at her grave for days on end. You know, she wants him to go and do his thing and fight for what's right. Mm-hmm. Wow, the way you just said that just broke my heart all over again. <laughs> now I'm <laughs> seriously. Um, I'm going to cry no, right seriously. now. <laughs> I think that one of the things that Andrew and Emma sell really well in these movies is that they both really fight for each other. Because even in the first movie when the uh, the New Yorkers use the crane so that Spider-Man can get to her. You can feel yes. that even though he's shot in the leg, like he's going to her. Like he is, nothing can stop him. And so in this movie, you still really feel that tug. I feel like you feel it more so because it does feel hopeless and inevitable. Like no matter the circumstances, it feels like the destination would have been the same. And so I feel like because of that, kind of like how everything was leading to this, nothing could have changed. It's kind of like that tragedy aspect in this that it makes it even worse because you don't you can't really imagine in your head a different scenario. And I think though one thing this movie does really well is to sell the fact of hope that yeah Spider-Man does sure. have so much goodness within him but that doesn't mean he hasn't experienced bad and that he won't keep experiencing bad but that he has the hope to continue to be good. And I think that Oh gosh. That give me a flashback to no way home (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not a terrible flashback hopefully not terrible um and that that promise for her that she in that speech is kind of hoping for him really brings together this emotional tie-in of what spider-man is you keep going no matter the bad you try your best to be the good and of course great power comes great responsibility <laughs> Woo! let's see if we could drop it one more time Why not? <laughs> it's great uh, my heart <clears throat> aches for this i know ending. stop it um but i feel so bad for him because he tried to keep her out of this life yeah but ultimately her choice to pursue their relationship and put herself in these situations um outweighed the situation so I can't even imagine being in that situation. And then um, we get another like glimpse of this event in No Way Home when he has to dive bomb and save uh, MJ. And he's, and he's literally like, I can't even handle Andrew's emotions at that moment where he's just like, are you okay? <laughs> oh no, she says to him, are you okay? Yeah, it's so he's good. like, yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't okay, but I'm glad that they were both okay <laughs> in that scene. I know. Oh, gosh. So, I know. Uh, I won't reiterate more, um, but, yeah, that's it. it is a great moment between them um, in that she does don him this hope that he is able to hold on to and persist in um, playing this role of the friendly neighborhood spider-man and uh we see that she still has such a strong impact on him years later through his uh time jump in not time jump but uh mm. multiverse what's transportation word? multiverse <laughs> jump yeah yeah <laughs> in uh no way home so i think that was a really cool tie-in um yeah 
but this scene is just crushing. Like, like I said before, there's one perfect scene in every one of these series. This is it. This, this is the one this for is this the one. Perfect scene. I'm sorry to we say, we had a kiss. But, is the first one. I know it's terrible. <laughs> Two ends of the spectrum. But I think cinematically, it's perfection. It is. It's just like I, I, I watched a YouTube video that explained it so well. There's a point where all we can see is her face in shock and mm-hmm. like reaching out to him. And that is his perspective, is all this stuff is going on, but all he sees is what is about to happen to the girl he's trying to protect. Mm -hmm. And what I think is even more powerful and even more heartbreaking about this scene is that he's he's sort of at fault for it. Um, And, like, physically, he's at fault for it, which, like, mentally is even more excruciating because it's, it's his you know, web that really does the damage. Um, And his little miscalculation in grabbing that bar, right, that, like, ultimately yanks her back up. I think that's just, like, even more crushing because he he knew it was his lifestyle he had to protect her from. And, you know, if she was just lost in the fray of battle, like, where, you know, miles away or whatever, it would be different than it literally his web in that moment was, like, what, killed her and it's just like it's such a powerful like i have a very vague flash like flashback of when because i told you that we saw this when it originally Mm -hmm. came out uh i i don't know who else was there it might have been cat and james and you i'm sure and tom but um I remember that moment where I saw this. And I was like, "Oh, it touched her! Like she, she's good. She's safe." She's and, then, fine. and then we yeah. see like the stretch. I'm like, "No!" <laughs> oh, devastating! Seriously, and that's why I think this scene is like so cinematically important. And that's why when he starts to get depressed and not be Spider-Man anymore, you can really kind of understand why, because mm-hmm. like. He just feels like everything he touches is just like goes too bad. And yeah. I don't know. But ultimately, it really broke my heart. And that's why I really think The Amazing Spider-Man is a great series for whatever other people are saying. Like, I just think he's a great Spider-Man. Cinematically, it's awesome. I love Emma Stone. There's just like reason, reason, reason why I think it's just great. Um, but let's move on to Holland. one more series to go through. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Hopefully a happier, um, you know, <laughs> yes. transition. Yes, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> a little bit happier. Um, so lastly, we have the Holland trilogy. Um, how is this a fresh take on the normal Peter and MJ relationship? I think that, one, the casting's a little bit more accurate to the ages. They uh, Peter mm-hmm. feels like a young Spider-Man. He feels like this right. boy who is trying to make a good difference in the world and kind of wants to be an, an Avenger. And so he kind of has like that little youthful mm-hmm. wish. Um, I think what his relationship with MJ does really well in this trilogy is that they're awkward. They're both awkward. They're both yes. you know, <laughs> like they don't they obviously kind of have these beginning crushes on each other, but they don't really know what to do about them. And so they're just like oh, hey, yeah, okay, uh, bye, you know, and they're just kind of like these little disconnected scenes, but they also kind of connect through their awkwardness, and I actually think they kind of connect because in some way or another, they both kind of feel alone, like an outcast, and so Mm -hmm. they're able to bond through that, and that bond is able to become strong because they both actively participate in it, Um, which I think is a great difference that they're both trying to they're both um, being partners together, working together. 
Yes. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I liked what they tried to do with MJ. They kind of tried to make her different from, you know, Mary Jane in the original and Gwen Stacy in the amazing duology. Um, They kind of try to make her more of like an outcast. You know, she's a bit more awkward. She's just like not really socially act. Is that a word? Can I do that? Um, And I liked that it was more much more realistic towards an actual teenage relationship because it was very, like Taylor said, very awkward, very like, oh, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what to do about it. Um, I think what for me, what kind of deterred me from this was the casting which i know you know is it's it's, it's a little controversial (laughs) but i just don't think that zendaya was the best choice for that kind of character because i just got fighting words yeah (laughs) like that awkward girl you know she's so perfect Mm -hmm. that like you can't fake it i just I feel like with that awkwardness, so you kind of like need this like a little bit like more charm to your awkwardness, kind of like having that like balanced out. And I didn't really get that from her, um, mm-hmm. but I did like their chemistry, and you know I did like like the whole teenage, teenage aspect. I mean, it helps that they're <laughs> dating in real life. That's probably helpful. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think I agree with you to like give you a little bit of a, a boost there. <laughs> like no, Devin, don't attack. Don't attack. Um, <laughs> I I think Zendaya's amazing. Like seriously, I, like you said, I think their chemistry is perfect. I think what was wrong was the character, like the the character. Yeah. Like I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna put Zendaya in there, it's got to be a little bit more of a confident character. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, that thought hasn't been fleshed out yet. So we'll talk more about that later. But <laughs> for this question. Um, I think you're right. Like, it is a great high school relationship. And the chemistry is there, and it's really funny and beautiful, and you just get, like, those butterflies in your stomach. And the thing that, like, (laughs) the thing I love the most is their little kiss. Like, it's not this, like, masterpiece, right, where they're, like, (laughs) the upside-down kiss. You know what I mean? They literally do a little peck. And it, it, like, means the world. To little Tom Holland Spider-Man, which is like what you would go through. I know. And it's like what you would go through in high school. Like it it just I I do really like the way that their chemistry is. But I think you're right about the casting choice. Um, However, I love them IRL, too. So (laughs) what can I say? They're so cute. I I do like how they took a a very different turn from the MJ and the Gwen Stacy that we've seen so far. And they have this I don't care vibe that they created for her character. And I think it's interesting to see that he falls for another girl first. True. Like his eyes aren't on MJ. It's on Liz, who is just like, who is Liz? Like, as, as an audience member, like, who is this well, girl? Now, Why is he Devin? so... In- like, MJ. We know he's supposed Thank to be with MJ. So, like, where's the... So, we get through that process, and he eventually, like, falls for her. Um, I just mm-hmm. like their growth overall. They go from, like, the acquaintances, yeah. the strangers, to friends, to best friends, to um, boyfriend, girlfriend. And it's just, like, that huge growth over time that I like to mm-hmm. see. So... Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and this one, how does the exposure of Peter as Spider-Man impact their relationship? Um, I think, honestly, this is kind of 
parallel to what they experience in real life because Tom Holland and Zendaya mm-hmm. are dating in real life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like how, like such, how the public knows and like how intrusive they are into their relationship with like these really inappropriate questions and just like taking yes. pictures all the time. babies. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. That was just terrible. It's just like, I can't even imagine being in that kind of situation. Right. And it's just like, that's like an international exposure. Like everyone yeah. knows who Spider-Man is. Right. And to have that on a relationship must be so strenuous and must be so, especially a high school relationship. Yeah. I just, I, mm-hmm. ooh, I, just thinking about it gives me anxiety. <laughs> and it's just really hard because, you know, these are all like really smart kids and they all like, they all have dreams of going to MIT, but then they're rejected from like every single college that they want to go to because of this controversy. They're associated being with Spider-Man. Him. Yeah. I feel like Amy always sums it up perfectly. I never know how to follow her. Cause I'm like, she's always no. so genius. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think when something is public like that, that it never feels like you have a private moment again. So I, I think they try to find it, MJ and Peter, like they go on the rooftops, they try to find these secret little spaces that can just still belong mm-hmm. to them. But there's always that looming sense of someone's watching or like someone could figure something else out or kind of like you never have privacy again. And even if you do try to move on with your future, you really can't because you're always going to be within this public scope, especially when it is kind of like this controversial scenario when Peter Parker is believed to have killed this beloved hero, which makes it even worse because at least I feel like if it was kind of a more positive light, like, Oh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, then at least it wouldn't be so (laughs) detrimental, but the negativity really does impact their lives badly as you can see in the movie. And I think it just makes it really hard to know how to continue a relationship when there's this crazy circumstance yeah for sure i mean very quickly they go from nobodies to international sensations and not for the right reason um they have to go through the jail process the court process the rejection process um and it's just hard to imagine that it's all stemming because of their relationship together Mm-hmm. And I, I I think it say, says a lot about her character and that she continues through um, with the relationship, even though um, she's being criticized and mocked yeah. and everything else with the whole situation. So, And she's not afraid to support him and she's not afraid to uh, continue to fight the good fight and to join him on... Um, trying to fix <laughs> his problem. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we're going to go through this together, right? And he's like, yeah, totally. And then he goes and does his own thing anyway. <laughs> he's like, great idea. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, do you have anything? Nope. You got so it. We, right. Gold stamp. <laughs> so then let's, um, because it's necessary, let's talk about the spellbinding ending. Um, what are your feelings why is this ending so impactful for the audience members? Does Peter make the right choice in not trying to get her to remember him? And do you think they still have a future together? I know that's like a huge layered question. That's a question, very big question. question. <laughs> um, but I honestly did not know how to capstone this because it's I, yeah. it's a lot going on. So 
pick and choose what you want to talk about. <laughs> well, it literally is spellbinding. Like, literally spellbinding. Literally. Hey. Um, I think, in terms of the spell, uh, I wanted to tell Peter that I remembered him. I was like, don't worry, Peter. I got you. I saw this movie in theaters. You're not forgotten. I just felt so bad for him because Aww. that really is the ultimate sacrifice, especially after everything he's already mm-hmm. lost. He's already lost um, Aunt May and... And just all these people that he just loves and adores. I am totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) can no longer know who he is. I think in terms with MJ, that earlier in the movie, like uh, Devin mentioned, MJ tells Peter, like, hey, I want to get through this together. And, And even when Peter goes off to talk to Doctor Strange... MJ's like, hey, let's not do that anymore. And, like, let's talk. Let's discuss things. Like, I want to be with you and she's already shown that she's dedicated to him because she has stayed with him thus far Mm -hmm. and so i do wish that he got her to remember in the end because unless if she explicitly stated before the spell went up hey i don't want to remember you after this then yeah i think that's within her right to stay in ignorance but at the same time she didn't and she said I want to remember you. Remember you. Tell me you love me after all this is done. And she kind of makes kind of like a promise, like I want you to kind of, I want you to come back to me. And so when he doesn't, when he has that little note and he sees that she's hurt, and I know, I know why he did it. I can understand he wants to protect her. He can clearly see what his world does to her. But at the same time, she's a capable person, and she's already kind of expressed her wishes even if not directly, that she would want to be reintroduced to him. And so I was like, Peter, right. turn around and go back in that cafe right now, finish your coffee, and tell her you love her. Tell her everything. I did like his mom. You turn your butt around right yeah. now, mister. <laughs> or you're grounded, mister. I actually disagree with Taylor on this one. I think that he did make the right choice because it's such a drastic change for him to have no one in his life. Like, he's completely alone. And, you know, after, like Taylor said, like, after he lost, like, first he lost Iron Man, and then he lost Aunt May. And there's just, like, all this loss in his life. Yes. (laughs) Iron Man was his, like, Uncle Ben moment. Why was there an Aunt May moment? (laughs) He's already suffered, okay? And he's Tom Holland. He's so innocent. He's already gone through it. Why are we adding another layer of... (laughs) Of pain and torture. I can't. (laughs) Anxiety and pain (laughs) and hurtfulness. Especially because he thinks she's okay at first. Like, he doesn't realize realize she's hurt and injured until she falls over. And then he can't be stable. Her. He has to, he's forced away. Oh, it's such a terrible situation. As soon as she says the words, I'm like, you just, you did it. You did, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> this is your fate now. You did this to yourself. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to jump what? on No, you. you're fine. Um, <laughs> I think just, he's just in a really, really vulnerable space. Like, he has to take the GED because there are no records of him. Like, his entire life has been changed upside down. And so for him to be in such a vulnerable place and him wanting connection, especially from someone that he loves, like that's such a hard thing to do. And just the fact that he did have that note card, that he was prepared, that he wanted to do it, right? I think in that Mm -hmm. moment, though, he realized like once he tells her, he can't take it back. True. Like, yeah, he, he, he does have time to tell her. And I think 
That's yeah. why he did make the right decision. He's like, you know what? I'm not prepared now. I don't think I am prepared, and I don't know if, if I can do this to her. So I think it's smart of him to kind of, like, wait it out and, like, find his moment. I actually agree with you. I think, but unfortunately, it's it's not what we get. You know, we get him choosing not to. They could have given us an epilogue that was like, oh, years down the line, he fulfilled his promise. But we get is him rejecting telling her what she asked him to tell her. So I I find that so difficult. I Like, I, I think I agree, though, ultimately. In that moment, it was not the moment. Too much was going on. He needs to rebuild himself. All of these types of things. Um, he has time to do that. Now... The ending itself crush, like literally, I know I keep saying crushes me, but crushes me <laughs> because this is the worst type of ending. You do not get closure here. He's the only one that knows all of the things that he's missing. And the ending that comes to mind for me is Peta and Katniss in The Hunger Games. <laughs> now, I don't know if you guys read The Hunger Games, and I, I don't want to spoil too much, but I hate... I hate this type of ending where there's like a true love and then one of the people is aware and one of the people is just completely not aware and they're trying to rebuild it, but it just like is not the same and it will never be the same because the one person will never remember all the things. That just breaks my heart. Like, I think there's an element to closure in The the Amazing Spider-Man that we get in No Way Home when he's like... I lost her, and he, he ends up going on to be the amazing Spider-Man. I just don't feel that closure in this ending, which is, like, really hard yeah. for me. I don't know if that's just me as a watcher, <laughs> but I it's, that's just a really hard ending And I think me. they build up a lot of questions on, like, the logistics of this spell. How does it work? And uh, yeah. All that jazz, and what's sad is like he goes to Aunt May's grave, and Happy's there, and he and Happy's like, "How do you know?" <laughs> like, stop, please stop adding more of these scenes. Happy, you're not <laughs> so making me like, happy right now. Okay, I'm very sad. <laughs> it's like, just keep building on top of it. <laughs> Pressure. Um. Anyways, I I don't know if he made the right choice. I who am I to say? I'm just Devin. You asked the question. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> I don't know. It's, I, so, it's such a tough situation. She asked for him. It like, is. They they made that moment. They kissed. They was like, "Come find me." Like I'm gonna. I'm, we're gonna. We're just, we're gonna fix this. And then he chooses not to. I don't know. <laughs> it's not his choice to make. I don't know. I will say though, I even though like I think the internet's kind of hinting, or at least I think the movie is pitching that this is kind of the end of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I never got that impression with this movie. This movie's always kind of no, felt like I the feel beginning. Like there's definitely going to be more. Yeah. <laughs> do you think and do you think he'll show up in other MCU movies maybe? I hope so. I hope so and I hope that maybe then we'll get some closure. But I do Bro, think sure. that we'll get another movie. Like this doesn't feel like the end to me. I feel I feel like there's no. too many open details. That ending with him just swinging through New York City, new suit, everything. Yes. Like, there's got to be more. Yeah, there's got to be more. We were wondering about the new suit. We're like, oh, interesting. New sheeny fabric. What does this hmm. mean? But like you said, new I feel like it's not. Do daddy out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Let's move on. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of agree. I don't feel closure yet. So MCU, do your thing. <laughs> um, okay. How do all three Peters deal with the I need to protect you nature of being a superhero who dates someone? And does one of the Spider-Men handle it better than the others? Ooh. Tough complex question there (laughs) (laughs) it's very complex (laughs) even though like we've been able to have it and study it i'd still am like oh um i think with toby's uh spider-man it's not so i don't feel like he has to address as much with mj i need to protect you because she doesn't really know about his identity until like the second movie i think he's more so like i'm Mm -hmm. gonna put myself out of your life to protect you She's not really as aware of it to me as the other girls in the other movies. That's fair. I think with Gwen that I love that like Peter uh, webs her hand to the car. Like he kind of tries to give her like these little obstacles so she doesn't have to put herself in danger. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, he kind of has, he's a little bit more insistent on protecting her, which I think Mm -hmm. is more so a testament to his, his devotion. That's kind of how I read it. I'm sure Mm -hmm. other people can read it in other ways. Um, but I still feel like they are very supportive of each other, but there is kind of a bit more resistance from Peter where he's really worried, especially like with the Electro Man scene where he tells Gwen like, go, go, you know, I don't want you to be here. Get out of here. He's a little bit more, um, I think wary's not the word. Um, like he pushes her away a little bit more. I think, I think mm-hmm. Tom Holland and Zendaya are much more supportive like, he doesn't really tell her, like, oh, this is dangerous, get away. Or if he does, it's more so, like, an invitation for her to say, no, we're in this together. Like, there's not as much resistance, I feel like, between the two the two of them. It's right. kind of like they're in it to win it. Whereas, I feel like they're, it's kind of a level where Tom and Zendaya are kind of, like, the least resistant. Toby, sorry, not Toby, all the Spider-Mans. Andrew is kind of the most resistant. <laughs> and then I think Toby's kind of in the middle of the spectrum. At least to me, at least. <clears throat> That's fair. In my head, it depends on the nature of their relationship. So with Toby Maguire's trilogy, MJ was much more of that damsel in distress like we discussed. So the entire time, like, it was like, I need to protect you. Like, that wasn't a question for Toby. Like, it was just it was just a part of what the trilogy was. Like, MJ needs to be protected because she's always getting kidnapped kind of thing. True. For the amazing Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, like, that was much more of an issue be just because of the situations that are at hand. You know, Gwen is much more in the story, and so she keeps putting herself kind of, like, in those situations because she's the one that mm-hmm. can help and with the whole thing with her father. Like, it was much more present in the Andrew Garfield movies. Um, for Tom Holland's, I think because of the introduction of the Avengers and the fact that he is not working alone also kind of helped with right. uh, I need to protect you because he did have allies that could protect MJ like Andrew Garfield saving MJ when she's right. falling and having that moment. So it just it's it's different between the natures of their relationship and just like their environment yes. and how they're kind of like doing things. Yeah, it's kind of like the reactions vary based on their circumstances. Um, I do agree uh-huh. with you where I do feel like MJ didn't have as much of a choice where Toby was a bit more like you gotta be protected. You're like the vase, the antique vase on the shelf that can't be knocked over. So I'm just gonna step back. Yes, <laughs> you can't handle this. So, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't really... They all experience this moment of needing to protect or I'm going to remove myself mm-hmm. from the equation so that way um, neither of us have to make the decision. Um, who handles it best? Um, None of them. I f- feel like it would be Tom. But because his I need to protect you moment was when he didn't tell her. Correct. True. And that's why I think it might and be And I think better. that's a big deal. So you don't think that's the better option to choose? I feel I like I feel like she's not her It is a choice. It gives her less of a choice. Oh, that's fair. But it's Yeah. I think that's why it makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> it's easier for her little brain. Yeah. That's what that, no, I'm, I'm just, just not going to open the, thing her, is, the, Pandora, the Pandora's box. In the thing sense. is, I can't stand, I understand it completely. I'm a superhero. My life is dangerous. I don't want the person I love to be into it. But why is it that every superhero relationship, every time, they're like, no, I don't want you to be in the line of fire. Listen, they chose to be with you, a superhero. They know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand you trying to guard them from a battle that they can't necessarily handle. Right. But trying to cut them out of your life, if they chose you, they chose you. They know all, as long as they know all the things that are at stake, it's completely like <laughs> Unless you don't tell thing. them. <laughs> unless, you, unless you're just like, oh, I'm not Spider-Man. <laughs> but the thing is that like, the thing is I, I don't, that's why Tom Holland, because I think his I need to protect you moment is not even him saying to her, I need to protect you. So like in the case with MJ and in the case with Gwen, the two of them are saying to her, I need to protect you. So no, I can't be with you or no, you can't be with me in this moment. Like in Tom Holland's case, I feel like he almost just decides it's too hard for him and too hard for her and makes the choice himself. I to me that is not a great way to deal with the I need to protect you feeling. Um I don't know. I love Tom Holland <laughs> and like I love their relationship. I'm not going to say I don't, but I personally think that was just like a I don't know. I think it was a bad choice. I I keep going back and forth on it, but I'm sorry. No, it's such a hard choice. Kevin, bring us to the like, oh, That's when you know it's a good choice is when it's a hard choice when there's so many different factors involved. That's yeah. what makes right. it Right. Exactly. Um, I think for me, who I think handled it the best. Well, I okay. I think there were times and moments where one could have handled it better. You know, in every single circumstance. Yeah, sure. I think though the one that felt most like a partnership, like um, like they were both interacting with it. They were both saying, "I want to protect you. I want to stay with you." You know, kind of that thing was more so Andrew mm-hmm. and Emma Stone. Yeah. I felt like yeah, they kind of had that urge to fight for each other. Because they actually had the conversation about it, whereas the other two kind of avoided it at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with that sentiment. That's fair. Devin, bring us home. Let's wrap this puppy up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The famous question, um, do we ship it? And more importantly, who do we ship? So do we ship the Peter Parker and MJ slash woman idea well Gwen okay MJ woman girl whatever you know what I mean and then who do you ship um, of all like we can only pick one correct who's your top who's your top ship oh guys that's evil that's evil I got it I know she's got it it. you go (laughs) 
Oh, it absolutely has to be Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. I, <laughs> yes, okay. Andrew Garfield got a lot of criticism for Spider-Man and everything, but the chemistry between Andrew and Emma was breathtaking. Like, literally, when we were watching mm-hmm. those movies, I literally was not breathing during those, <laughs> those scenes. Like, there's this one particular scene where Spider-Man comes in through Gwen Stacy's window and he like has wounds and like she's treating and everything and just like the way that they move together it was like it was kind of like they were magnetized to each other just like the yes, way they were like moving yes. just like the little nuanced movements and everything oh and just the banter and just the plot lines the tragedy all of it is just right 10 out of 10 so andrew garfield and emma stone for me yeah i think i have to agree i feel like just andrew and emma made me feel the romance the most they made me feel all the of all of the emotions the most the sadness the the love the connection like i just really was truly enveloped with them i couldn't take my eyes away from the screen and and yeah. i still think about them you know like they really stay on my mind and so because of that i do ship them the most i think they just really have that yeah. impact that i feel like the other two i feel like um tom holland's and daya had the beginnings of it but i just wasn't fully with it like i didn't quite get that ooh you guys are the best. Right. Yeah, agreed. Uh, do I ship it in general? I do. I think that um, Tony, Pepper, Captain America, what's her name? Peggy, I forget. <laughs> Peggy And Carter. then these two, I think those are the three like really, really good relationships in the series. I think that Marvel does a great job developing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, who do I think is the ultimate ship? You guessed it. It's Andrew and Emma. Um, I came into this really wanting to say Tom Holland because I think that he makes the perfect Spider-Man. I really, really do. However, I think you're right about the two of them and their chemistry. When it comes to Andrew and Emma, they're like just such a dynamic couple and... I just root for them the entire way and it's sexy and it's like (laughs) great. And I'm just like, this is what Spider-Man movies should be. Um, But either way, Devin. Uh, Yes, I ship it overall. (laughs) And I walked into this torn and I still have not made a decision. <laughs> oh, no. The ship has not sailed quite uh, yet. <laughs> you guys aren't helping me because I really, I really want to say Tom Holland and Zendaya. So say it, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> because I love their growth. I feel like this is the most authentic in um, the most realistic version of the trope and i feel like the most probably um authentic nature of um literally a nobody to a full-out boyfriend girlfriend relationship and it's a, a, a high school relationship and it's just like authentic to the nature of the characters themselves so i like that um but i do really like the chemistry nature between emma and andrew and then the ending with uh and then, <laughs> the electrical add, man. And then adding um <laughs> Yes, electric. And then adding um, <laughs> Andrew into No Way Home and having that moment, I'm like, oh, he still oh. he still has that like built up tension and guilt and everything. Like he still has it, and it still brings me back to like, ugh, 
I don't know. It kills me. Both oh of God, them are, both of those relationships are good. So I don't necessarily have a split down the middle, but they both have strong aspects of both. Um, so I can't give you. Can't, can't choose. That's fair. <laughs> Why choose one when you can choose two? Um, right? Exactly. But we can all agree on one thing. And that's that Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and MJ sadly do not make the top no, of the list. No. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't I think there's like even a little aspect that I'm like, oh, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't feel it. I, I didn't feel any chemistry. It's sad because I like those movies, but when we're looking at it in a vacuum of their relationship, I've really like been turned off by it yeah, a little no. bit, which is kind of sad. Um, but either way, there you have it. Our thoughts on Spider-Man and MJ or Gwen. So now what do all of you think? Let's read some of your comments. We got a lot of comments on this, you guys. It's a passionate Like audience. more than we usually get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Marvel people. I don't know about you. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so what's the first one we have? Oh, the first one here is from Mary. So Mary says, thank you, Mary, for reaching out and always mm-hmm. commenting. Uh, she says, number one, the Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, and MJ was a very, very in all caps, unhealthy relationship. Fair. Number two, the Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker, and Gwen combo was much more realistic, healthy, and overall more enjoyable. And three, the Tom Holland, Peter, and MJ was super cute and modern. This one was probably the most realistic adaptation, in my opinion. I think that we agree with you, Mary. (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for sending it in, Mary. And our next comment comes from Kaylee. One half of the Book Was Better podcast. um, And one of our favorite commenters. And she says... Hey, Kaylee. Um... Yes, hi. Uh, she says, Gwen Stacy is my fave. Tragic love story and angst is where I live. Um, I have strong feelings that Gwen Stacy brings out the best in Peter Parker. I also appreciate that she doesn't find herself in damsel in distress situations for no good reason. It's because she pushes um, him to do the right thing regardless of the danger. She understands the Spider-Man aspect of Peter's life, but it isn't going to destroy her life for it. And she pushes him to not let it t- overtake his whole being either. And her death and him not being able to save her, I think teaches him that in a large way. It's sad and I cry every time, and yet it's still my favorite Spider-Man ship. I cry too. We're, we're all crying. Yeah. <laughs> we're all crying as we speak right now. No. Um, okay, and then the last comment we have here um, is from Noah, and it's very basic, but I think it sums up what we're all trying to say about Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man. He says, Tom and Zendaya were the most authentic as actual high schoolers in their relationship. So mm-hmm. it looks like Noah is choosing Tom and Zendaya, which is fine, you know. They're great, too. Yeah, and t- totally true. Um, but that wraps it up for our season four opener. I know it was a long one, but like this was yeah. a great conversation. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so thank you so much, Keeping the Bird, uh, for joining us. And to all of you for listening, this was a blast. And hopefully you join us for the rest of the season. Yes, thank you. And I wanted to open it up to you guys. Um, if you just want to give like a quick spiel about your show and if you have any upcoming stuff. Feel free, but we really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, we loved being on this so much. You guys are just so amazing and insightful and so kind. And oh, we've just loved you. being able to connect with you online. And 
being able to be introduced to your guys' amazing show. As for future always. events, of course, we're always books, books, books. Uh, we are going to be <laughs> reviewing Only a Monster by Vanessa Lynn next. It's a new release, so we're very excited. And oh, very we cool. saw the synopsis a few months ago, and we're like, you know what? We're very intrigued by this, yes. so we're going to give it gander. <laughs> <laughs> and we always do like a book recommendation Sweet. episode and a book discussion episode. Book recommendations are non-spoiler, while discussions are all spoiler. Kami always does the spoiler Fair sound enough. effect for us. Yes. So <laughs> um, <laughs> we're always very excited to open up to new avenues like you guys. And we just want to thank you again so much for this wonderful opportunity. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. And make sure you guys follow them on Instagram. Do you have any other platforms that you have? Yeah, we're um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Kiwi and the Bird. Um, hopefully it's memorable. It's definitely a <laughs> unique <laughs> yeah, name for absolutely. sure. <laughs> yes. They have some of the most creative content out there, guys. For I'm real. always you guys jealous. Nice. I just don't have enough time to create the stuff, but they are amazing. Um, yes. But yeah. Go follow them. Cool. Go follow them is right. And go, and go listen, listen to, to their podcast. It's so cool. Um, as always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please rate and review. We just really would love to know ways that we can improve or things that we should keep doing. We just love engaging with you guys. And as Kiwi and the Bird was saying, like, we love our Instagram family, like mm -hmm. the community that is online. It's been great connecting with you guys, but we want to connect with everyone in the bookstagram community so please reach out if you guys are interested in joining or anything like that yeah absolutely follow us on social media engage with us you the shippers we want to hear from you specifically so please if you are not already join us why not if you want to join us for an episode <laughs> reach out we are uh creating a slate of new episodes for season four and we'd love to have you on them so if you're interested DM us or email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com. Yep, and remember, it's easy to feel hopeful on a beautiful day like today, but there will be a there will be dark days ahead of us too. There will be days when you feel alone, and that is when hope is needed most. No matter how buried it gets or how lost you feel, you must promise me that you will hold on to hope. Keep it alive, shippers. We love you guys. Love See you, you guys. next time. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. <laughs>